Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. And today, and always, every single day, this podcast is brought to you by the LMG Podcast Network. Welcome, folks. I appreciate you tuning in, uh, clicking on us, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Today, we are going to talk about, it's a little different episode today. Today, we're going to do a movie review. Now, usually we do movie reviews, obviously, on our main podcast, the League of Melanated Gentlemen podcast. Go ahead and check that out. Um, but today is a special. Uh, it's kind of requested, kind of through a roundabout way. I was told that someone wanted to hear my thoughts or wanted me to review the Iron Claw. And I was like, man, that's a great idea. So shout out to you, whoever you are. I'll get a specific name later, but I appreciate you giving me the idea. Um, but yeah, we're basically just going to break it down. Um, so, The Iron Claw. Um, this is a movie that came out recently, I think this last week. And it essentially is about the Von Erich family, uh, which is kind of a dynasty uh, in the wrestling world. Um, they are most known for dominating the Texas Territory in the 80s. Or I'd say early 80s, uh, maybe even late 70s, early 80s. Man, they were possibly the biggest thing, you know, going around at the time. Like, they sold out. No matter where they went, they, it sold out. Um, and the reason, obviously, they're known for their their dad, who was a great wrestler, who then had four sons who are great wrestlers. Really, five. One passed away, unfortunately. That kind of adds to the context of it. But basically, four wrestlers, four kids who end up being wrestlers at one point or another. Uh, some had great success. Some didn't. The thing that kind of is most notable with the Von Erich family and the reason this honestly this movie was made is due to the fact that this family has had a lot of tough luck. A ton of tragedies has hit this family, right? They've uh, only one surviving brother out of the four, uh, out of the five, I, I would say. So Kevin Von Erich is the only one to survive. He's still alive to this day. And he's doing great things. He, uh, you know, he seems to be in a really good place. But yeah, for about three two to two decades two to three decades i mean it was a new story about avon eric um unfortunately passing away so that's kind of what this movie is about this movie kind of starts you out from the beginning of the von eric's uh, dynasty in wrestling to really the end of it and kind of the, the last tragedy that, that hit them so uh yeah i'll kind of break down the characters i'll break down kind of my initial thoughts we will talk about some of the best moments in the film We'll also talk about the accuracy uh, of the film, right? It's a it's a based on a true story, as I just talked about. But, you know, when, when you're making a movie, you can kind of stretch some things, kind of move some things around and make it best work for the movie, and it might not necessarily be what actually happened in real life. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about potentially some Oscar buzz coming from this. Um, and, then all, and then we'll touch on the Rotten Tomato score. So, um, characters. Uh, we have... The main character, Zac Efron, plays Kevin Von Erich. Really, the movie is the movie does a great job of giving everybody spotlight, but it's basically uh, Kevin Von Erich is the main character, right? Um, then we have Carrie Von Erich, who's played by Jeremy Allen White. For those that watch The Bear, um, he is the main character of The Bear, a great actor, um, really, really good there. And so I was excited to see him in the wrestling movie. And he's honestly, he's been killing it with his interviews, just paying homage to wrestlers in real life and like talking about, you know, he's learned so much. Um, also, for those that don't know, um, for this movie, Chavo Guerrero, like the real life Chavo Guerrero, trained these guys to prepare for this movie. He actually was in the movie in, in uh, Kevin Von Erich's first singles match. I believe that's his first singles match. But yeah, he, he trained them, makes an appearance in the movie. So, Shout out to Chavo uh, Guerrero, really putting them on in that. And that kind of when I heard about that, I was like, okay, we're off to a good start. You've kind of won me over here. Uh, I was a little sus at first, I'm not going to lie. Any wrestling movies, I'm always a little like, all right, what are we doing here? We're we just trying to – are we truly trying to pay homage to the sport or are we just, you know, looking for a quick little story to put out there to make some money? So, um, but anyways, David, uh, David Von Erich was played by Harris Dickinson. Great job. Uh, Mike Von Erich was played by Stanley Simons. The mom was played by Maura Tierney, I think. And then the dad, Fritz, was played by Holt McConnelly. 
I think that's his, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. So uh, let's talk, get my thoughts. I mean, I'm gonna just jump right into it. This is the best movie. This is the best movie I saw in 2023, easily, easily. Um, it, you know, you have some up there that are great. Guardians of the Galaxy three, you know, some great movies out there. To me, this was the best movie I saw in 2023. I'm kind of mad that I saw this movie after our League of Melanated Gentlemen uh, Best of 2023 podcast. Obviously, this came out after that was recorded. And if it wouldn't have, if it would have came out earlier and I saw it, this would have been on my list because this is the best movie I saw all year. A24, the studio, A24 produced it. They are on a roll. They, they like A24 just don't miss. Like they made some of the best films for the last like three to four years. So when I saw they made it, we're making it, I was like, okay, again, we're in good hands, right? Like I, I judge all that type of stuff. And man, they killed it from the casting to the performances, man. The performances was top tier, like from top to bottom. Um, the mom was great. Um, Pam was great. Kevin's wife. Uh, she was great in like, like with the emotion and with this movie again. It's so many tra- so much about tragedy. So it's a lot of emoting. It's a lot of like emotions, and you have to like sell. You got to get the audience to believe. Okay, you truly feel what the situation is saying. You should feel. And Zac Efron did a great job of that. Um, you know, Jeremy Allen White did a great job. A uh, great job of that. Um, I thought the entire cast again, David. Uh, David uh, uh, Von Erich was great. Um, you know, he was kind of David. For those that don't know, David Von Erich was the one who probably was the best Von Erich as far as promo skills. Like he was just a natural promo. Um, he was really the first person to start using the Iron Claw. Um, Kevin Kevin was the best athlete. Kevin was an amazing athlete. Kevin Von Erich was known for not wearing boots. He was bare feet on the mat. Dude was shredded. All of them were shredded, but he was like on a different level. He was, <clears throat> excuse me, Kevin Von Erich was like a natural athlete. And they kind of show that in the in the film. Like, he's he's first kind of guy to do off the top ropes and things of that nature. Um, David was more of a natural promo. Less in the ring, but really good promo. Uh, Kerry, also a great, great athlete. Um, actually, was going to go to the Olympics. They touched on this in the film. And he, then he came back and started getting the wrestling. But I thought the performances are amazing. I thought... The two best performances of the movie was obviously Zac Efron killed it, man. Like, dude should get Oscar nomination uh, buzz for this performance. Like, he was amazing. He, you, lo- you honestly forgot this is Zac Efron. Like, I was worried because you know he, Zac Efron has a very like distinct face, right? Like, it's hard to get around that face. You know what I'm saying? Very strong. That thing can bench about two fifty it's, itself, but. Um, you, it was hard to get it. Sometimes you could see how it could be hard to get around it for fans. But for me, I was like, man, like this is Kevin Von Erich to me. You know what I mean? They don't look Kevin Von Erich and Zach Efron look nothing alike. However, I was bought in due to the due to the performance. And that's kind of what you wanted. Um, but honestly, the performance that impressed me the most that stole the show was Fritz, the dad. Stole the show, bro. I knew because I watched documentaries on the Von Erics. I kind of I watched the uh, uh, Dark Side of the Ring on the Von Erics. Like I'm kind of pretty tapped in. And man, they they whoever casted that part, shout out to them. They need to win an Oscar for casting because that dude was he was Fritz Von Eric to the T, man. Like I love how they started the film showing you Fritz Von Eric was a great wrestler, was a wrestler. Uh, he was the man who created the Iron Claw. So for the rest of the film, you have context that like, okay, this isn't just a dad who, you know, tells his kids to be great athletes but didn't actually do it himself. No, this is the dad who did it himself, had some success, but never really reached the heights that he wanted to. He was never a champion. He was not this worldwide name like Ric Flair, Dusty Rose, you know, all the guys of that time or uh, – um, Harley Race, things of that nature, right? San Martino, guys like that. So he's a bitter father who then goes on to become a promoter and pushes his kids to finish a story, really his story, but he pushes them to, as if it's their story. Really, he's trying to 
bring again, he says it numerous times in the film. I want that belt to be in our household, which really undertone means I want I want that belt around me because I want to say I was the champion or I was the father of a champion. So, man, just the first performance, honestly, that one should get Oscar buzz itself. Like best supporting actor, he should be up there for that one. He was amazing. He did a great job of playing that the fatherly part. He was on the ass from jump, man. Like no matter what happened, it was it was weird because he was like supportive in some instances. Like when David got his first title shot over Kevin, he was like, you know, he was congratulating Kevin, but then he was uh then he was also, I mean, he was grab, um, congratulating David, but he went up to Carrie and Kevin was like, "Hey, without you guys, you know, um, David doesn't get this title shot. Uh, you guys are the reason he's getting this much heat and much spotlight. So good job to you guys. But then on the most of the time, he was hard on them, super hard on them, told them not to cry at funerals and, and to get back up and, and like, don't show emotions and things of that nature. It, it was tough, man. He was super hard on them. And so I just thought he killed that performance. Uh, I can't, I can't, say enough about that performance if anyone who's seen it I, I would hope you agree with that but uh amazing performance um overall movie quality man like it was it was great like you really felt like you were in the middle of texas during the 1980s when wrestling was as big as it's ever been in texas and yeah you just felt like you were there and um the sport the sportatorium i think it's called like that felt like a home like that felt like a character the Sportatorium is the arena where the Von Erichs made their name, you know, and became this big superstars in Texas. Um, that the Sportatorium felt like a character in itself because there were so many times where they'd be sitting in the locker room waiting for Fritz to walk in there and give them, you know, <laughs> a ass chewing about whatever. So really, really, really good job with the environment, the feel with the ranch and the house. The house made you feel like, damn, like this is a these people really grew up in a house and old school, you know, values and things of that nature. Um, I also love that the movie paid homage and respect to the diehard fans. Like for a guy like me, who's a diehard, who's been watching wrestling since he was a kid, who loves the history of wrestling, loves this specific time period of wrestling when it was about the territories and wasn't just WWF itself, but it was like different as you see in this one. NWA, they're trying to get the NWA title. They already have the Texas title, but they want the National Wrestling Alliance Championship. So it really paid homage to that, giving us Harley Race, Bruiser Brody, you know, Ric Flair, giving us all these little nods to true wrestling and teaching like some really cool things. You got to see people run the ropes. You got to see talking, coaching kids how to wrestle and things of that nature. But I thought the best thing about this movie is. If you're a non-wrestling fan, you can enjoy this. Like you can have a good time with this movie. Um, it's about tragedy, really. It could be about any sport. It could this could have been about football and it would have been a great movie. So that's what I that's what I mean. Like this was an amazing story that was just in the sport of wrestling. And so yeah, I thought they just I think that's why this movie's gonna do so well, is because it can translate to anybody. If you're a, if you're a dad and you want to take your wife out to a movie and she loves like drama or things of that nature or just a good movie in general, but she doesn't watch wrestling, you can take her to see this because this is bigger than just wrestling. Like it's a story about tragedy, a story about loss, a story about family and a story about brotherhood, honestly, and um, and how much loving your family. We all love our family, but the harder you love your family, the harder it is to deal with after they, you know, unfortunately leave. Uh, or pass away. So um, I, I love, speaking of family, I love the fact that they, like, they made them feel like brothers. Like, when all the Von Erichs were, all the Von Erich brothers were alive, they felt like family. Like, they were supportive of each other. They always had each other's back. They didn't ever, you know, slight each other to make, you know, their dad or their mom look better on one than the other. Like, they always had each other's back. Um, and I really love that. Like, it really felt like, okay, these dudes are brothers, for real, for real. And, uh, again, they always supported each other. And we'll kind of talk about how they supported Mike, uh, who who 
wasn't necessarily, he wasn't naturally like he wasn't a big guy. The rest of the Von Erichs were big. You know what I mean? They were yoked, yoked up. They looked like athletes. Where Mike was smaller, you know, more slender. He was taller, but he was slender. He didn't look like a wrestler. He didn't lift weights. He didn't, he wasn't as interested in that. He actually was helping with camera angles and more interested in the production side of wrestling than he was the actual in ring product. So, and he was really interested in, in music, right? So he really liked music. And um, they talk about how Fritz used to play music, but he chose sport over music. And he said that was the best decision he made. And he was like, that's final, right? He told him, he told Mike, like, no, you're not. Forget all that music nonsense. Kind of like any dad in that era, right? If you want if you pick an art over a very tactile job or sport, you're an idiot at that time. So, um, again, like the boys really supported Mike in doing that, right? Took him to a concert. Um, and I love that scene. That was one of the best scenes of the movie. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about now in the best moments. Again, we'll talk about like again the boys supporting mike when they when they took him to uh university of texas dallas and he had his first gig like you know the mom was like no you're not going like you're too young to be going to a camp- college campus blah 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 and he was kind of bummed out about it cuz he was like and the dad was like hey you know cuz even mike was like wait like so the these guys get to go to college campuses and wrestle but i can't go and play music and you know, the dad's like, well, that was a job. And if, and then Mike was like, well, I'm getting paid for this. This is the gig. So this is technically a job. And they shot it down again. So um, shout out to Carrie Von Eric being like, hey, we can take him. Like, those brothers can all take him, watch over him, make sure he's good, and we'll drive him right back when he's done. And, um, of course, the parents said no. Then you got to see, again, them supporting each other. They even snuck out the house to, to uh, all the brothers snuck out of the house with Mike. And, you know, took him down there and supported him uh, at, the, at the spot, at the gig. Uh, that's kind of the first time that Pam and, and Kevin kind of hook up. So that, that whole scene was really cool. Um, you also got to see the start of seeing that, like, Carrie was a little bit of a wild guy, right? He, you know, he was he enjoyed his lifestyle. I'll say that. Like, he, he, he could put it down, uh, a drink. You could also see that Kevin was more responsible, a little more of a thinker understood the long game um and yeah so that kind of again that type of stuff is little little plant little seeds to kind of see like okay where is this going on in the future um i thought the um i thought the first interaction between pam and kevin was great right like and they kind of touched on it before kevin was not a good talker he was not good at promos even to this day if you hear kevin talk you can see like okay this guy's probably not a uh, he probably doesn't just can't just you can't just hand this guy a mic and he's just gonna kill it with a promo, right? He just wasn't that guy. He wasn't naturally a speaker, public speaker. So um, when they were at the sport sportatorium and they're done with the match and Kevin's signing autographs and then Pam walks up to him and asks for an autograph and he's like, "Here you go." And then he doesn't like ask her for a name or you could tell he thinks she's cute. Doesn't ask for a name. Doesn't you know he has no game really. Like, like if we just want to cut it down to what it is, like he has no game. And, and so no juice. Um, and so basically Pam has to do it. Like Pam's the one that has the game. She tells she tells him, hey, this is what you do. You need to ask me uh, what's my name. Ask me how I'm doing. Ask me, do I want to go out for a drink? And then he's like, wait, are you asking me out? And she's like, well, goodness, like you're supposed to ask me out, but fine. Yes, I'm asking you out, you know, so they end up going on a date. Their first day was amazing. Um, it was a short scene, but it told you a lot about what how how Kevin is by himself. Like as an individual, but it also showed you like, oh, Pam is like a sympathetic figure. Like she she understands Kevin. Right. She understands like, OK, this is a kid who's dealt with loss and doesn't really know how his like has no real feel for his emotions. Like even during that conversation, he explains how his first brother, uh, Jack, died when he was five. Right? That's that's the oldest brother. The oldest brother of all the Von Erics passed away as a child. Right. So like that's how they start out with the whole Von Eric curse, you know. And so for Pam to like go over there and give him a hug, I think, you know, Kevin was like, ooh, okay, this is kind of nice. Like 
my family doesn't do this, right? We don't give hugs and stuff at, at our house. You know, it's kind of a, you know, be stronger, be tougher than everybody else and get over it, where Pam kind of gave him some empathy, which I don't think he got before. So that was a really cool scene. Um, <clears throat> kind of skip ahead. The the Ric Flair match, I thought was really good. Um, by that time, he had already lost um, David and... Carrie was struggling. Um, Carrie had always already, you know, had a motorcycle accident and uh, messed his leg up. And that was also a great scene where, you know, um, Carrie beats Ric Flair for the title. That was the, that was supposed to be the spot that, um, that. Sorry, all these names. That was supposed to be the spot that that David got. And unfortunately, he passed away in Japan. So now, Kerry gets that spot. He wins it, but he's like almost—you can kind of tell—he's like kind of in agony, like because he knows that was supposed to be his other his brother's spot, and he passed. So that's the only reason he got that title, and he won it. But then I think he honestly, man, I I think going on that ride, I think he pushed it too hard, and they didn't really dive into him losing his leg, but you kind of figured like, okay, he got an accident. He was going too fast on a motorcycle. But um, the flare match I thought was really good because also the Harley race match was good because I think it showed like, okay, Kerry's not, I mean, Kevin's not ready for this moment, but you know, that's the, and they, and I thought they did a good job of showing you like back in the day in the territory days, like, yeah, you would, you would kind of, you talk to the guy about the match, the layout of the match, how it's, how it's going to go when we get out there. But a veteran, a dude who, like an old veteran, they would test you. You know what I mean? They give you, punch you in the mouth. You know what I mean? They take you, they go audible and call it audible and do some stuff. And you're just like, whoa, what is going on? And that's kind of what Harley Race did. Took him on the outside, gave him a suplex on the outside and probably messed up Kevin's spine. Probably, you know, he probably had a stinger out there and his dad obviously had no sympathy for him, but yeah, it was just like, he basically told him like, they test you. That's just what they do. That's what vets do. And uh, I thought that was a great scene. But then also when Kevin went up against Ric Flair, I think, I honestly think he got disqualified on purpose because he kind of had realized like, okay, I'm losing my family. I'm losing my wife potentially my you know what I mean my family at home my in-home family due to this whole thing if I become champion it's gonna get worse right I'm gonna be on the road every week I gotta deal with all the stress and all the and then I also have this thing I believe is a curse on me I probably should distance myself so I think he won he 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 got himself disqualified by you know putting the iron claw on Ric Flair and then you know not letting go in a timely manner got disqualified and then I think that's why after in the locker room, once, you know, his dad left and Carrie left, he was like, he started kind of laughing and giggling because I think he kind of knew, okay, I, I executed my plan. And then that's when you see, you know, him show up to his wife's door um, and then starts picking up his kids from school, you know, making them lunch, you know, really diving in more as a dad rather than a wrestler. Um, I thought that was great, man. Honestly, one of the best, one of the best scenes of the movie, and I'm not gonna lie, I cried a little bit. Was when, you know, Kevin they they they've sold Kevin sold the company, right? Um, he sold the company. He's went and got a got a ranch, uh, used that money to buy a ranch, got himself his family a house. Um, he's all he's got everything he's he's wanted to right now, right? He's achieved what he wanted to temporarily, right? But he's still dealing with the tragedy. And he has two sons who are out there playing in the field, playing football, just like he used to do with his dad and his four brothers, or with his other brothers. And he's sitting there, um, and then he's just bawling, watching his, his sons play football. And I was like, man, that's a really good scene. But then they took it up a notch, by having the kids see their dad crying, walking up to him, give him a hug, and then, like, verifying his feelings, right? Like, being like, it's okay, dad. Like, because Kevin's like, I'm sorry, boys. Like, what he learned from his dad, you know, men don't cry. Men aren't supposed to cry. And 
the even the children. This is how you know, bro. This is how you know as a parent. Sometimes your children have wisdom that you you do not see coming, uh, and and can teach you a lessons. Sometimes the the two boys are basically like, Dad, it's okay to cry. Like it's perfectly okay to cry. Do you know why you're sad? And Kevin goes, Yeah, I'm sad because I used to be a brother, and now I'm not. I'm no longer a brother. And and like you felt that one. I was like, damn, like you felt that. But then the kids go, we can be your brother. Like, obviously, you're our father, but we can replace that sort of brotherly feel, the miss you, like the companionship and all that stuff you're missing with your brothers. We can replace that. And so he just starts bawling, right? And that's when it gets you. You're like, oh, like, come on, dog. Y'all didn't have to get me with the kids, right? You didn't have to do that. It's sort of like when, um, uh, end of Black Panther 2. When they brought in little T'Challa, it was like, come on, bro. Like, you didn't have to do that. Like, you knew what you were doing, right? You got everybody in here balling. That's what they did with this right at the end. And so that was the last scene was just him playing with his his two sons, kind of like, you know, in the front yard. That's what he used to do with his dad and his other brothers. So, man, that, that scene got me um, for sure. Um, Man, so many different scenes in this, honestly. I love the, the scene with... Unfortunately, man, this this movie deals a lot with suicide, and I mean that's what happened, right? Uh, Mike, who was forced to wrestle basically by his dad, ends up wrestling, tears his, his shoulder up, and back in the day, man, especially with surgery, surgery was always a crapshoot, even today. But even back then, it was even more of a crapshoot, right? You could go in there for a very minor surgery and not leave, right? And so, in this case, Mike was forced into the ring, which he is not a natural athlete, shouldn't have been in there, uh, was forced in there, got hurt, gets up going to the hospital, unfortunately has complications, goes into a coma, fortunately comes out, but he's not the same. His arm is jacked up. He can't even play guitar anymore, which I think is kind of what put him over, set him over the edge as far as thinking suicidal thoughts and things of that nature. So, man, like, to see him... Like, I mean, it was needed, right, to see him take all those pills and drink all that alcohol and then kind of walk out into the field. Like, that that was kind of needed. You needed to see that, man, because I thought this movie did an amazing job of showing, like, like depression and men, especially dealing with depression, especially back then, they didn't really have as many outlets. Like, they would tell each other, hey, go get some help. But back then, no one went to therapy. Like nobody, nobody did that. Nobody was like, "Hey," and they didn't even have their parents. You know what I mean? The mom and the dad would be like, "Bro, that one scene where Zach—I mean, uh, Zach Efron, where Kevin Von Erich walks into his mom's room and is like, "Hey, hey, mom, can I talk to you?" And she's like, "That's what you have your brothers for." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> that that bro, that would it literally was like some moms sitting next to me in a theater and they like was like like you could tell like hurt them to see that and basically kevin was like man like dad is way too hard on mike like way too hard on and she's just like go get ready like i don't have time for this and so man just so many great scenes throughout the movie man and and it was a complete movie like first act second act third act all of it was strong um and like each death hits you harder like that that last death with with um uh with Carrie Von Eric, man, it was tough, man, because you would you thought he made it through, right? He lost his leg. He was really down and out doing drugs and struggling to try to test him with the new uh boot on and, and things of that nature. You were like, Oh, okay. And then he makes it to the WWF. You're like, Oh, oh yeah, he's safe, he's good. And then you figure out what happened to so many different people back then, back in that day, man, if you had an issue, if you had an injury, if you had a drug problem, if you had anything, they would get rid of you, right? They would just get rid of you. And a lot of people would leave, go to Japan, go to the, you know, but it never was the same, right? You're never as big as you're ever going to be when you're in the WWF. And so he kind of, they start, you know, obviously with the, with one leg, essentially, like, it's going to be hard to, you know, hide you for so long, right? It's going to be kind of apparent. And honestly, I'll be honest, I did not know he still wrestled after the leg injury. 
I knew he had a leg injury. I didn't know he had a career. It, he basically went up to WWF and d- throughout his WWF career was doing it with one, you know, one foot. I was like, well, I didn't know that. So I, I learned something. So, um, yeah, man. But then to see him kind of, you know, come down and like spaz out on his dad after you gave him the gun um, for Christmas, I think, I think it was Christmas, gave him a gun as a gift. And things of that nature, you kind of knew, okay, it's spiraling down. And then, man, that phone call, that last phone call he made to Kevin and when he was in that hotel room, man, you just felt bad for him. Because you, you could tell he really thought, okay, we're cursed. Like, I've lost all my brothers. I've I've lost all my brothers but Kevin. My mom and dad don't really support me. They just want, they just want me to make a name for myself so it benefits them rather than just my, my natural well-being. Like, he didn't really have many people to go to. So, yeah, man, it was just unfortunate, man. That last, like, gunshot, he used the gun he gave his dad. It was just rough, rough stuff, man. Um, uh, Yeah, I, again, all the brothers killed it, even up to the point to where they were obviously killed off from the movie. They all killed it. Um, Let's talk about the accuracy of the film. So, so overall, pretty accurate. I think I do think they changed some things. As far as Fritz, I think they changed some things as far as, like, I think the brothers, all the brothers' deaths were were accurate, right? I'm pretty sure those are all accurate. Um, I want to say, like, most of the stuff is pretty accurate. Like, there wasn't much they could play around with anyway. I, I am wondering, and I'll talk about it with my, like, things I wish we would have got more of. But with the mom, I'm kind of, she's kind of in an area where I'm like, okay, with some of that added with some of that removed, could we have gone a little deeper? We'll talk about that. But uh, overall, pretty accurate. I do think this is just a wrestling nerd's brain, right? This is not – if you're a casual watcher, you could probably care less about any of this. But, like, when they show Bruiser Brody, and I'm glad he was he made an appearance because he was huge during that time. I was like, bro, Bruiser Brody was huge. Like, when they were talking about the match and, like, um, I think – uh, was it David about to make his debut? I want to say, yeah, it was David about to make his wrestling debut. Kevin was his tag team partner, and they were going up against Bruiser Brody and somebody else. And they were talking, and Bruiser Brody's like almost the same height as him. And I'm thinking, bruh, Bruiser Brody was huge. Bruiser Brody was huge. Bruiser Brody also done the guy. This is, man, this is what tells you about that, like that era. Bruiser Brody. Unfortunately, got murdered uh, while wrestling in Cuba because um, a dude like shanked him or whatever. So, yeah, so he also met an unfortunate demise. I'm going to look at Bruiser Brody's height. Brody height. I want to say, yeah, Bruiser Brody was 6'8, 300 pounds. Bro, when they was talking to the Von Erics, he was a foot taller than them. The Von Eric, the tallest Von Eric was like 6'4". Okay? So I'm like, whoa. Like, the look, he looked great. He looked just like Bruiser Brody. But Bruiser Brody was huge. That is kind of the point of why he was called Bruiser Brody. Like Bruiser Brody was the type of dude, he would he would wrestle dudes, and he'd, ru- he'd walk into the crowd, especially when he was in Japan. Bro, when he was in Japan, it looked like Godzilla ran into the crowd. When he would walk like jump over the barriers and like chase the dude he was re- he was wrestling, the whole crowd would sprint away from him. They were so scared. I'm telling you, it looked like a Godzilla movie. Just because he was six eight, three hundred pounds, so it, it made sense, right? He looked like a giant. Well, in this movie, the dude is like six three. I'm like, we couldn't have found a six eight guy or six seven, six six, whatever. Dude with a, a big burly guy with a long beard, like. Come on now. I could find that. You know what I mean? I could have went to OU, found one of them dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just, that was my only thing. That was a obviously a nitpick. That is just me being a wrestling nerd. But I was just like, eh, I don't like that. But, um, and really, honestly, the only misstep, misstep of this movie, this entire movie, the only thing that kind of took me out for a bit and I had to like re-engage for a little bit was the Ric Flair. The Ric Flair part, I was just like, dog. Like, his promo was great because his promo was supposed to lead into the match. 
But his promo kind of had a double entendre. It was supposed to, obviously, it was coming from Ric Flair. So he was saying what he was saying. But it was also meant to, they were showing clips of Kevin getting ready for the match and stuff. It was supposed to mean what Kevin's journey is and things of that nature. So it was supposed to kind of touch on both things. Kind of, It was supposed to have a deeper meaning than just a regular promo, basically. It was supposed to, like, move the movie forward. And it was just, it was just hard to listen and, like, stay you know, focused when you have this dude who doesn't look like Ric Flair, doesn't sound like Ric Flair, none of it. And, it, and like, he didn't, it looked like a dude just trying to impersonate Ric Flair than an actual guy trying to be an actor and perform like Ric Flair. You know what I'm saying? Like, truly, like, it just felt like, yeah, a dude who was just like, okay, it felt like I was watching The, the Rock Show. What was The Rock Show on... Uh, <laughs> on NBC, ABC, whatever it was called. Like, it felt like that show. Um, you know, I mean, they do great casting over there, but it was some casting over there that was just like, oh, okay, you're on. You only had cable TV budget. That's what this, this is the only one that felt like, oh, this was a budget thing. Because, bro, that dude, I could find five to six dudes who can give you a better Ric Flair performance than that. At least sounding like him, right? At least an impersonation of him. And it just it took me out for a bit. Um, he didn't do the wool correctly. He didn't do the the Rolex wearing. He said, uh, "What did he say?" He said, "Instead of gator boots, he says lizard boots or something." I was just like, "Whoa, this is what is this?" And so that was the only misstep of the movie. I feel like if if I was a producer, I would have been like, "I'm a wrestling fan, guys, and I know that guy don't look like Ric Flair. <laughs> that dude don't sound like Ric Flair." look like Ric Flair, wrestling fans are going to have a problem with that. Um, and for a movie to be that as, as good as this is, I think we should shoot for hitting a home run rather than just being a getting a really good hit and then having this this error on our movie, right? So, yeah, again, Ric Flair, uh, I thought that was a bad look. But, you know, hey, I've as the movies I've seen this year, damn it, I'll take this. You know, what I mean, if this is the only misstep, I had to watch, you know, Ant Man three. I had to watch, you know, some awful movies this year. So, uh, Shazam two. You know what I mean? So, I will take a bad Ric Flair impression any day of the week. Um, so some things I wish we would have got more of. Um, I wish we would have got more dug a little deeper into the mom and her her mental state dealing with all the loss they did a good job of like the parts they did give her she knocked it out the park the part where she was in the in the mirror she had the dress on getting ready for the first funeral um you know with david's death then she's getting ready for the funeral the, she's getting actually getting ready for the funeral with after mike died and she's like looking at the dress the same dress she wore to david's funeral she's like I can't wear this dress. I can't put it on. People are going to recognize it. And, you know, Pam has to walk in and, like, console her a little bit. But that was really good. But, I, bro, there was a scene where I think Carrie Von Erich is going against Ric Flair in that big Texas stadium. It's the biggest match. Again, like I talked about, it was supposed to be David's match. But Carrie replaced him, uh, ended up winning. And the mom is sitting there. And they show behind her on the, on the staircase, there's a woman sitting there, but she's, like, translucent. It, it kind of gave the effect of, like, okay, this is a ghost. This is a, you know what I mean? It, it was kind of like, I, don't, I really don't know. At first, I thought it was Pam, but literally, you could see through her to the wall. So it was like, okay, that's not a human. That, that you're, The effect of it is meant to be, like, a ghost, uh, something she's seeing in her head, something, you know what I mean? essentially not real and she leaned back she turned back and it was nothing there and I, we didn't touch on it again they didn't touch on it at all again and i was just like okay is that like a a short homage towards her having potential mental issues um like i, I wonder if that's the case because i'm like man we i wish we would have got more of a little dug a little bit deeper into her mental state because they showed they talked about how um what else did she do she talked about painting uh and she was and mike was like why did you tell anybody you 
painted this. She was like, I don't know. What's the crop? I can't even remember why I didn't tell anybody. And it was like very like, it was an odd thing to say. She did something else. Um, so I'm trying to see. Let me Google. Maybe, maybe there's something on it. Um, let me see. Possible sides. Oh, it's peace. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll dig a little bit more into her, the mom's um, loss and maybe potential mental state. And it may have been an homage to what really happened in life, in real life. Like, I, I didn't, everything I've watched as far as the Von Erich family, it didn't really touch too much on, like, the results for the mom. Like, what happened to her? Did You know, um, I didn't see too much of that. But... I, I do, you know, sometimes they'll pay homage to something that happened in real life and they'll just quickly pay homage to it and move on. That might be what happened here. But I do wish we would have got a little more land in the plane on that just so we could know, like, oh, okay, she she kind of lost it a little bit after, you know, you know, after. And, and also that scene where uh, the dad walks in the house and is like, hey, like, what are you doing? And she's like, she's just in the kitchen painting. And he's like, well, what are we having for dinner? You know, at that time, he expected dinner on the on the table once he got done working. And she was just like, I'm not hungry. Um, I'm not cooking either. And he kind of sat down like befuddled, like, what is going on? I don't know if he did that because he was sort of changing and she was sort of um, no longer assuming that role. Or if he thought, oh, OK, she might be losing it a little bit. I, I don't know. I don't know which way he was thinking of that but they kind of left it up to our interpretation um but i, I thought that scene was good i, I just wish we would have got a little bit more with the mom because the performance is really good um let's see what else we got here we have another thing i wish we would have got i wish they would explain would have explained the nwa and the significance of the nwa world heavyweight title and why the Texas title that Kevin held for a while didn't mean as much. Like, I wish they would have just, and, and I think if they would have explained the NWA, then I think that would have helped people understand the importance of Kevin eventually selling the company, right? Because them not telling us, not really explaining it, I knew what it was. I was fully in, enthralled in it. I, I totally understand what the NWA is. Like, I love the history of it. But a casual fan might not know. They're just going to be like, NWA, I don't know what that means. Like, wh why does any of this matter, right? Well, the WCC, uh, the yeah, the Worldwide Wrestling the Worldwide Wrestling Championships, I think it was WCCW, the Worldwide, I forgot what the, all the words were, but it was a WCCW that was, Part of that was one territory that's under the overall NWA, the National Worldwide, the National Wrestling Alliance is kind of the head of it all. And then WCCW is just a smaller territory, same as the territory in Georgia where the Freebirds were, same as the, uh, the territories that were in Florida and in the Carolinas and things of that nature. So I just they just wish they would have spent like. That I feel like they they could have explained it when, um, when Kevin was talking to Pam on their first date, I feel like he could have quickly, very maybe one line, two lines, quickly explained NW. I want to be world. I want to be the NWA champion. The National Wrestling Alliance were part of it. That's the biggest title there is. Um, and yeah, we're ter we're territory. Blah blah blah. Right, real quick. Didn't got to be too too grandiose or anything like that. I just wish they would explain that. That way you could know, oh, okay, him selling the company, him selling the Sportatorium and the company and the promotion, the WCCW, like that's a big deal because that eventually will go into lead into being sold to the WWF. You know what I mean? So just wish we would have got more of that. I also wish we would have got more. They took, they showed the Freebirds. They showed Michael Hayes. They showed uh, matches with them. You know, it was kind of in some quick montages. But I kind of wish we would have got a little more, um, little more emphasis on that because that was the biggest rivalry at the time, 
right? It was like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Von Eggs versus Freebirds. Like that was just as big, you know? And so I kind of wish they would have spent more time on that because that helped the Texas territory become as big as it was because the Freebirds would come to Texas to face the Von Eggs. And it was like beef, beef. Like they talked about, like they turned it basically into a Georgia versus Texas rivalry. And it was, and you know, back back then, like people was for real. Like fans would would hit you with bottles over your head because you was you you beat up their favorite wrestler. You know, so I just wish they would have dug into that a little bit more. I understand time restraints; that's not necessarily key to the story, but I do think the Freebirds are. You can't think of Von Erics and not think about the Freebirds. You know, what I mean, they go hand in hand, right? It's kind of like talking about The Rock and not talking about Snow and Cold Steve Austin. It's kind of hard to do, um, but yeah. But overall, man, I really enjoyed this movie. It was amazing. Um, let's talk Oscar buzz. Again, I think Zach Efron um, for his Kevin Von Erich portrayal should definitely get an Oscar nomination for, for best uh, actor uh, in a movie. And I think Holt McConnelly, the guy who played the dad, Fritz, should get a nomination for best supporting actor. Now, if anybody else from the cast got a nomination for anything, I would be okay with that because they killed it. They all did a great job. But I think those specifically, Kevin Von Erich, uh, Zac Efron, and Fritz as uh, played by Holt McConnelly as the dad, I think those two performances held the entire movie together, right? That dad was the key. And then Va- then we, we were basically a POV of Kevin Von Erich. We were basically watching everything from his point of view. So, yeah, I thought those two performances were amazing. And uh, I really hope they get Oscar buzz because I hope this also brings more notoriety to the wrestling space, man. Wrestling has so many great stories, bro. There could be a Bruiser Brody movie. There could be a they should there should be a Ric Flair movie. There should be so many movies in wrestling, especially A24. If they do it, they could do an amazing job with it, as we see here. But like, there's so many because wrestling has so many like inner like because you're performing on you know in the ring but a lot of the drama and and story is outside of the ring it's the behind the scenes it's the locker room it's the families the drugs the being on the road and all that stuff the inner relationships with the promoter and getting paid and the politics all that stuff is amazing man it's it's fun to follow even if you're not a wrestling fan like if you watch that in a movie form as you see here it's amazing so i really hope iron claw gets gets Oscar nominations tied to it because I think it'll help this movie, obviously, but also in the future, wrestling movies will be taken more seriously uh, because they can, like, and we saw it with, like, I think we had a couple of nominations a couple of years ago with Mickey, is it Mickey Rourke? I want to say. Um, I may be wrong on that, but, like, we've had other movies out there that have, you know, garnered Oscar level buzz, you know what I mean? So it's just an easy vehicle to tell a story. It's literally wrestling is about storytelling. So um let me see here. Yeah, the wrestler. The wrestler in twenty in uh twenty in two thousand eight. Um yeah, Mickey Rourke. Like he got I wanna say he either let me see Oscar. I wanna say there were some Oscar nominations for this. Um, yeah, it looks like Mickey Rourke for the wrestler, the part he played in the wrestler, he won best actor for numerous different um, award shows An Academy award. He won, he won best performance by an actor in a leading role. You know what I mean? He was a nominee. So like, and um looks like Marissa Tomei won best performance by an actress in a supporting role. Like, that's just wrestling, right? And, and that's another wrestling film. Like, it's so easy to get Oscar. If you cast, obviously, you got to cast really well. But, like, wrestling is just so easy to make a movie off of because a lot of the time, unfortunately, unfortunately, there's been a ton of tragedy with wrestlers, especially back in the day. They didn't take care of themselves. They were on the road. They dealt with drugs and addiction and all these depression and loss and all this different stuff. Like, there's unfortunately just a lot of stories to be able to tell. And so, yeah, I just hope, I really hope that 
you know, the Iron Claw gets the nomination it deserves on its own, but I do think it's kind of carrying the sport on its back right now to to show producers and and studios that this wrestling is one of them one of them ones. You know what I mean? As far as you know, a particular film that you should choose to make in the future. All right. Finally, we'll talk about the Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, I again, I'm saying this is the best movie of the year for me. And I feel like the critics and the audience felt similarly, like they, you know, at least loved it a lot. Um, the critic score is an 87 right now. And the audience score is a 94%, which is really high. Uh, and this is pretty, like, this is early on. So it could get even higher, I think. I definitely don't think it'll drop. Um, it's just that strong of a movie, but overall, I would say check it out. It's a great movie. Um, go check it out. It's I'm gonna lie, it's a hard movie to watch. It's not the rewatchability isn't super super high just because it's about tragedy. Any tragedy movie is tough to rewatch, right? You're not like oh, on a Saturday night, let's watch a movie about people dying. You know what I mean? Like you usually don't want to watch that. However, I would say check this out due to the performances, due to the paying the homage to history and wrestling history. And just, man, it just, it felt like, uh, it felt like someone actually cared about wrestling when they made this movie, which I appreciate. And I want to shout out the actors, Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen, uh, white, all the actors like doing during the interview process and like the press for this movie, they've done a great job of like paying homage to wrestlers today. They've talked about how, you know, walking in, they thought it was potentially fake and they had the fake, you know, word in their head when they were like wrestling. Uh, but then they've learned, they all did training and they all are like, oh no, this is like, this is high level skilled ballerina. Well, you know what I mean? Like this is high level performances. You're putting your body on the line, right? Like you're trained athletes. This is not fake. This is just choreographed, but it can go wrong at any moment and your career could be over. That's not fake, right? Fake is... You know, I don't hit you at all. You know, this is, I hit you, but it's just, you know, it's it's for the betterment of the performance, but it could easily go wrong. So shout out to all the actors. They've really been putting putting over wrestling in general. So that's that's always dope to see. But um, yeah, it was fun talking about the movie. Go check it out. Um, and yeah, I will I will hype this up as the best movie of 2023 for sure. Hope we get some Oscar nominations as well. But until next time, folks, I appreciate you uh, being here. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram, the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. We have some great conversations there, great content there. Uh, hit us up there. Even if you don't use Facebook, um, trust me, that's that's a well, that make Facebook app worth it. Just joining our group. Trust me. So, uh, yeah, hit us up with your thoughts on the movie. But otherwise, we out. Yeah.